This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you are listening to episode 375, and my guest is Bob Kennedy. Bob was first on this podcast around five years ago, so this is his second time on the show. He also so kindly introed my episode with Scott Jerk when I did a live episode with Scott Jerk in Indianapolis. Bob came on and introed the whole thing. He is a friend of mine. He is the president of Athletic Annex in Indianapolis, which is a great run specialty store. Uh, Bob is also a two-time Olympian. If you have been following the sport of running for a little while, you might recognize his name. He ran for Indiana University, then he went on to run for Nike, competed in the 92 and 96 Olympics, and Bob has a really smart business mind. He does a great job with Athletic Annex in Indianapolis. If you are in the Indianapolis area, you need to go there for your running shoes. They have great training programs as well over there. Bob is also the father of two. He has twins. His daughter, Sophia, is very involved in running, surprise, surprise, and his son, Marcus, is a soccer player. And in this episode, one of the things we focus on is how Bob approaches parenting his kids through the lens of someone who was a very successful athlete himself and what kinds of involvement he has in their athletic careers. He has some really sound things to say and encouragement and wisdom on this topic. So it was really fun to get to know his perspective. And I think you all are going to enjoy this episode. Before we start this conversation, I want to give a shout out to Gooder for sponsoring this episode. If you know, you know, Gooder has the best sunglasses out there. They don't slip around. They're affordable. They have really fun, edgy colors and styles, but they also have really basic, simple styles as well. You can basically get anything you want when you go to Gooder. I have some bright yellow sunglasses that I love, but I also have some classic aviators. I love my runway shades. And actually, if you go to my Instagram, lindsayhine626, I'm wearing my Gooder shades in like half the pictures because I'm pretty sunglass obsessed. So you all can save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15 for 15% off your order. And did you know that when you leave a rating interview on this podcast, send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com, and we will enter you in to a monthly giveaway of Gooder Shades. We've already given away two pairs and we're looking to give away a third. So leave a rating interview on iTunes or Spotify. Send me an email, let me know, and we'll get you entered to win. Uh, All right, friends, I hope you really enjoy this conversation with my friend, Bob Kennedy. All right. Today on the podcast, we have a returning guest, Bob Kennedy. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you. It's great to be invited back. I'm really excited to talk with you. I mean, I moved from Indianapolis, so we have a lot to catch up with on what's going on with Athletic Annex and everything there. So how is it going? 
Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, certainly two years ago to the day almost, um, it was terrifying as the world came to a halt and we were having conversations of how much cash we had and if we were going to be able to pay people for how long and, you know, all those that every business owner was having. And I, I always feel guilty talking about this, but through a lot of real struggles that a lot of people have gone through over the last two years, um, our business thrived and not just athletic annex, but running specialty across the country. And as people stayed home, uh, worked from home, hunkered down, um, they exercised more. They, whether it was running or walking the dog around the neighborhood or just getting out of the house, uh, which meant that um, even though we were closed for a little bit, uh, we were still selling uh, products either through curbside pickup or online, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been great uh, uh, through a very difficult situation and um, we're growing fast even today. Uh, so we're looking to grow and expand and add people and um, it's fun. That is so good to hear. A little silver lining there, you know, it's like so much tragedy, but people moving more is never a bad thing. Absolutely not. And that's ultimately what our business is about, which is to help people do the things they want to do um, with more energy or support or information or knowledge. And so the more people out there moving, uh, the better we feel about what we're doing. All right, everybody listening. So Bob was on the show like six years ago or five years ago. <laughs> yes. Feels that way. Yeah. I mean, it really, I really think it was five Has years it been ago. That long? Yeah. I mean, it was, you were in the 30s. And so I would normally say go back and listen to their first episode because um, that's a way to like get to know the person I'm talking to if they're coming back. But I don't want anybody to go listen to that episode because it's, it's like, hard. I just didn't know what I was doing. My audio wasn't good. Um, but Did let's we do that in the closet <laughs> of uh, the original. That's I how, that's we did how, uh, we did knew it was for you yes we did it in the closet <laughs> at athletic annex and like I like I didn't have the right recording stuff I was just like you know it's like that's when awesome. I launched this podcast in 20 must have been 16 17 17 oh, um okay I you were just on my list of like okay if I launch a running podcast here are five influential people I know that would probably say yes to being a guest on the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was fun. And I mean, look where you are now. It's exciting for me to watch what you're doing oh, thank you. and how successful you've been and how many people you've reached. I mean, my, uh, and you know, my wife, Christy Beth, I mean, uh, just, just the, um, you know, I hear about your podcast from people that I didn't know, that don't know you, honestly. Mm. And and so I'm like, oh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. Um, so, you know, it's funny, though, too. Bob introduced at the live show I did with Scott Jurek in Indianapolis. Bob came on stage and introduced Scott. And then Scott came up to me and he goes, is that Bob Kennedy? <laughs> like, how do you know Bob <laughs> Kennedy? You know, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. let's let's catch up a little bit. So Bob's a two-time Olympian, friends. If you are new to running and didn't follow running, you know, a decade ago, maybe maybe two decades, multiple decades, <laughs> multiple decades ago, yes. Um, but can you talk to us about 
getting into the specialty run store space and then we'll kind of go from there. We're going to talk about parenting athletes and things like that as well. Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, I was running was my job, my life, uh, from the time I was, um, well, it wasn't my job when I was 14, but from the time I was 14 to the time I was 34, um, it's, it was everything that I did. And, um, and so when you get to be 30 and you're still running professionally, uh, but also thinking about uh, the fact that this can't last forever, you start thinking, well, what's next? And, uh, and I have a degree in finance from, from IU, and that's always interesting to me. Most people in my world who competed uh, professionally, most, not all, back then, uh, they either became coaches they kind of went to work for one of the uh, footwear brands and sports marketing or related to that, or they went on the agent side of the business. And honestly, at the time, none of those interested me uh, at all. Um, but running was my passion. And so I, I honestly I can't even remember the connection, but just opening a running store just seemed really intriguing. It was a, you know, I always tell our staff this and our customers if they ask, but I don't, I don't um, shy away from the fact that we are a for-profit business. I think we do good work for people and the community, but we're, in, we're a for-profit business. So Run Specialty was a for-profit endeavor that allowed me to still connect with runners. And as I got older, um, I really realized that the most important things that I received from running was just this kind of visceral level of um, um, achievement and passion and all the, all the ups and downs that, that when you kind of come through that and do something that you find or feel is successful, that that's the value. Um, and, and what I realized late, late in my running career was everyone can feel that, whether, whether you're an Olympic champion or you're a brand new runner just starting out trying to figure something out, like you can feel that at any, any level, any speed, any distance. And, and that's always still today is the most intriguing part. Yeah. And you guys do a really good job with your training programs. I think that, you know, Gareth at, at athletic annex, he's just a really special guy. Like he was born to do what he's doing and he has cultivated such a cool community. And I've run some of the training programs there and coached there with you guys and people feel included when they walk in. I loved, I love to hear you say that because that is the whole vibe and the goal of our programs, whether it be a program for a half marathon, full marathon or a group run or whatever is, man, we're just having fun. And yeah, there's, everyone has their own goals and and we want to help you get there, but it's not, it's not a, Oh, you didn't run your eight miles today. What a failure. It's like, oh, you didn't run your eight miles a day. Shit happens. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Let's just move on to the next day. So we, everyone has a good time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is, well, first of all, wait, we got to go here. The new store in Fishers. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So since I, since I kind of... You lo- you opened it before I moved, I guess, but you guys have a brand new store. Yeah, it's almost, it's a little over a year old. Okay. So we opened in uh, Fisher's northeast side of Indy, and a newer um, it's called Fisher's District. Some people call it the Yard. It's a really cool center of 
retail, residential, great restaurants. Um, and, and so year one was great. And starting year two, I mean, that store, talk about trying to keep up. That store is growing so fast, um, which is fun. It, it creates problems. But in our world, we always say, hey, these are the problems we want yeah. um, to have. And so, um, yeah, it's it's a great market. And, you know, we'll look to continue to grow our business as, as the opportunities present itself. Yeah, I can't really think of a better location. I've been to that Sun King there and, and had dinner on the patio. And yeah. it's like my dad always told me when I bought my first house, location, location location. So true. So true. The old adage and run specialty was, oh, they'll come find you. Like you provide a service. But no, I mean, especially in today's world, I mean, you, you, you got to be where people are. And mm-hmm. that's where that, that's what that location is. So, yeah. Like we have 30 minutes until our reservation, you know, until they're going to call our table. Let me walk over to Athletic Annex real quick. Right. Yeah. And then brands like Lululemon and Viore, which we carry, you can't, you can't find those anywhere near that. Uh, you have to go to the fashion mall, which is not far, but it's far. It's more of a to do too, because you have to go right. into a mall. Exactly. Dude, um, Viore, that's just, that's just life, man. The Viore joggers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, it is, I don't know if it's shocking necessarily, but uh, the, the, we can't, we can't get enough of it in the store ultimately, which is another good problem to have. Um, well, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about is being a parent and watching your kids compete and you're kind of like coming at this from the lens of a really high achieving athlete. So first, can you just share a little bit about what your kids do for sports and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have twins, uh, 17-year-old uh, uh, twins, Marcus, um, who's two minutes older than Sophia, and we'll remind her of that at uh, <laughs> his most advantageous times. Um, Marcus is, uh, um, even though they're two minutes apart in age, he is six foot one, about 165 pounds, um, uh, of very athletic, and Sophia is, you know, five two. I don't know what she weighs, but it's a lot less than 165 pounds. It's nothing. And, um, and so they're, they're, they're obviously twins, but they're very different, uh, physically, um, and, 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 um, also have personalities, but Marcus is a, a very high level soccer player. He plays, um, what's now called MLS next Academy here in Indy, Indy fire Academy. He's a center back. Um, that means he can't play for his high school. It's a year round, almost like, kind of professional setup but not quite professional um so much so that it's like next year at the age group next year um they practice during the day alongside of the uh usl india 11 team and uh you know he's got to try to figure out his schedule at school to see if that's possible and so that's really interesting uh and fascinating and i would say nerve-wracking uh for me because i don't know that world and Sophia is, um, she's a runner. She's a distance runner and she is very talented, um, not only physically, but also, man, she's got um, a, a mindset to her that if her talent allows her, she she has a very, very high ceiling. You never know what that means necessarily, but she has a high ceiling. And so she was, just finished her junior year of cross country 
and well, back in December. And um, she managed an Achilles injury all season. So she's kind of struggling and she kind of, she squeaked out a third place in the state meet, which was a good run for her given everything. And, and Indiana, by the way, is loaded with young female talent. And then she went on and ended up finishing seventh at the East Bay National Cross Country Championships. Um, and so she really, really kind of got through that injury. And that's just an example. She currently has the fourth fastest time in the country in the two mile. Um, and she's just, she's just, uh, she's at a high, high level there. So she's going through in the middle of like college recruiting process, all that stuff right now. Wow. So is Indiana always loaded up or is this just like what's happening right now? I think it's what's happening right now. I think states like Indiana, um, ebb and flow over time. Um, um, but certainly right now it just seems to be very loaded. And a lot of times there's always one very good runner, but there's, four or five now. How much do you follow that like around the country? I do. I follow it more now in the last two years than um, before, which before was never, I didn't follow it at all. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, yeah, so I'm aware of what's going around. So, but, but she's aware, I mean, with information today, it's just so easy. Yeah. Um, Okay. We're going to dig into Sophia's running a little bit more, but first I want to ask you about Marcus and doing this like intense soccer league because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, you come off as a very like kind of laid back. Like I'm not going to push my kids into any kind of sport or anything. And it can be nerve wracking, as you mentioned, as a parent, when your kid kind of goes all in on something. So how did you decide we're going to do this? I'm okay with this and I'm going to support you through it. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. And I think soccer is, is, um, and the Marcus's soccer situation kind of is a great window into that because, um, I really don't know much. I mean, I, I understand soccer, but I couldn't tell him, Oh, you need to work on this touch or that ball. Yeah. I don't know. Right. And so he's really driving it, but, but really the answer to your question is he decided. Mm. And I ultimately, um, and, and their mom also uh, has been great about this, that early on, a lot of opportunities, different opportunities, different sports, different activities, music, all the things, right? And just trying to f- see if there was something that they were passionate about. But then, and, but then I, rem- I never forget the, the moment, and this was, um, I say I never forget, then I'm going to try to remember the time period, but... The, there was a time early in Marcus's soccer where he was going uh, from like the best club team to the academy coach said, Hey, why don't you come practice with us for a little bit? And so that's a, a window into it. So he went and he saw a different level of play. And then he came home eventually and said, I want, I want to, I want to make this team and I want to be good. And so my answer to that was, that's great. What do you think you need to do in order to make the team? Like, what are the action items mm-hmm. to use business terms? And because my, when I think of, and I see even at work or other athletes, I really want to be good. Like everyone wants to be good, right? At something that they're passionate about, but what are the things you can do daily or three days a week or whatever it is? And so, so I really challenged Marcus, like, what does that mean? What does that mean for practice? What does that mean for like, and he kind of, he created his own plan. And so he didn't do this right away, but for the last year and a half, maybe even almost two years now, he gets up before school on his own. Wow. At 630 
he goes in the garage and uh, I just start hearing the ball thumping against the, 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 the box, the jump boxes we have. Um, and he does ball work, short um, uh, foot, footwork, ball work down there before he goes to school. He lifts on his own after school and then he goes to practice. So, and that's been him for two years uh, with no pushing. Wow. Every once in a while, he won't get up. I don't say a word. It just, you know, it, but it doesn't stop him. He gets up the next morning, you know? And so he, it's, it's all that to say, I to try not to ramble about that. Both kids, I wanted to make sure that when, when they did decide, or if they decided that they wanted to go after something athletically, that it was, um, it was because that's what they wanted to do. And so um, never once did I make them go run or make them go to practice or make them get up and work out never once. And, I, uh, every time they would say something about, I just, I hope I can be a starter. Or I hope I can make that team or I hope I can be all state or whatever. I'd say, well, what do you think, what do you think you need to do in order to give yourself the best chance of that? And I would just ask questions and then they would go from there. I mean, I think that we can close it right there. That's all I needed. I love that answer. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm keeping you longer than that. But <laughs> I love that so much because it gives them ownership. Yeah. And, and if, they, if, they, if they want to explore how good they can be, they need that. They yeah. need, so I'll give you another example of Sophia. She, after her sophomore year last summer, she ran, um, she ran pretty well. And she ended up going to this, um, what's called the Brooks PR Invitational in Seattle. And she ran a PR 10, 14, two miles. She finished fifth. It was a really high level. That's so um, fast. She's great. Yeah. And she, and we're, she's coming home and she's like, okay. And she just said, I'm, I'm, I'm all in now. Like, I want to see how good I can be. And, and again, similarly, I was like, okay, well, what do you think that means? And um, we just had this great conversation of what that meant and where that comes from. And, and I wanted to make sure that it was coming from her heart and her heart only, and not because she thought there were any expectations from me or her mother or coaches or anybody, right? Or expectations from her friends. And we just had this this great conversation about that if you're going to ultimately go on this journey, and she, like I said earlier, she has a very high ceiling. We don't know what that means necessarily. But if you're going to find out where that is, it's, it's what's in your heart is the only thing that's going to matter. Mm -hmm. And and just want to make sure she stays true to that going forward. How do you make sure that like she's keeping her training in check as far as not overdoing it and things like that so she can be healthy in college and maybe run pro? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the mechanics of that is she uses, um, she's connected to, uh, you probably heard of Final Surge. Uh -huh. um, and so her coaches and I, I can see what she's doing. And so I see the volume. Um, I, I more pay attention to her heart rate okay. at certain because um, I can see if yeah, maybe she's only running five miles for the day, but she's overrunning it, right? Okay. She's running too fast or things like that. And um, But, you know, her coach, she has a, a, a different cross-country coach and track coach in high school, but they're both very much in line with maximizing her ability within a certain workload that just allows her to get to the next level, uh, healthy and happy and, and energized. And they're both doing a great job at that. 
Yeah. You know, I've talked to a lot of coaches, like college coaches, sort of recently. And a lot of the time it's like, okay, say you have this like incoming freshman who has really high potential, but like, I don't want my incoming freshman to go to the well now because I know that in three years they could be an NCAA champion. And like, it's unlikely that they're going to do it as a freshman and then keep doing it and doing it. So like, what is the balance of like, we're going to work really hard and maximize our potential, but we got to make sure we're just like pacing this, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of that is more emotional than physical. Okay. In my opinion. And I'm sure whatever college coaches you've talked to are more, um, they're closer to that. They see it every day. I don't, but I just, from my own experiences, um, there is a physical point to that. Like if you're a high school athlete running a hundred miles a week or 80 miles a week, there's a physical toll, but really it's also, that creates a huge emotional toll. And, and I retired from competitive running when I was 34 years old, uh, which is obviously a long time. But the reason I retired was not because I didn't physically, I didn't think I could compete at the highest level anymore is because I wasn't willing to invest emotionally at the level it requires. And it's the same, in my opinion. It's like, if you, if you're a high school kid and you're running a lot and you're racing a lot and there's just a ton of pressure and you're the best and everyone expects you to do the best and you, and, and you go to college and it's the same, like you only have so much of that in you. And so being the best is fine, but it's more about how you get there, in my opinion. And so Sophia, you know, she's she's definitely under training now, but she's trying to maximize the systems within the small volume, the lactate threshold. It's really, we can get into the technic- technical uh, aspects of that, but I believe in like the large aerobic box, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that sets you up for success at the next level and maybe the next level after, after that. How often are you like, I'm going to log on to final surge and see what the week looks like. Too much, <laughs> <laughs> too, too much. I've gotten to the point now with both her coaches They're they're um, I made myself available without trying to insert myself. And, uh, now they both at times, um, um, will ask my input. And, and that's great. You know, you like um, that. I do like that. Um, but I also want Sophia to have a high school experience. Yeah. So, you know, going to practice and, you know, being with her teammates and listening to her coach and doing, you know, not dads over here doing it for you. It's a very unique experience that she has. I mean, if you look at the list of really high, um, high achieving athletes, like how many of them were their parents Olympians too? There's a list, but it's not that extensive. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know. And that's, that's, you know, recruiting process now. And a lot of the coaches, what a high, high ceiling in Sophia. And of course they're going to say that, probably say that to all their top recruits, but there's a lot of talent out there that, you know, that does, I don't know what high ceiling means. If that means you're going to be an NCAA champion, if that means you're going to be an Olympic uh, qualifier or Olympic champion, who knows, right? Who knows? But I think the question always is if you love it and you think you have a high ceiling, go, go find out what, what that might look like. And you can screw that up, you know, and you can screw it up early. And that's where I think that I've been trying to just make sure the path is clear um, going forward to, 
you know, when she goes to college, whichever program she picks, and she's looking at all the top programs with great coaches, then then there she's theirs. You know, I'll be completely out of it, um, and and looking forward to that. Because but they also have a track record of success. Hey everybody, I want to tell you about the Amino Company. Strength training has been an integral part of my workout routine for the past two years now. But sometimes it's really hard to get motivated to strength train because running is my jam. That is like the thing I want to do. And I'm assuming many of you feel that way as well. I've been on the lookout for something that could help with energy and focus for that strength training. A lot of times I will do a harder interval session with running and then go right into my leg workout uh, with strength training so that I'm not doing my intervals or long runs on tired legs. I'm doing the strength training session on the tired legs from the workout. And I started taking Perform, which is a product from the Amino Company, and have noticed a big bump in my energy during those strength training routines. It helps improve strength performance, reduces fatigue, and increases muscle protein synthesis so that you recover faster. I love how I feel when I take Perform, but I also appreciate it even more that it's backed by actual science. In fact, the research on amino acids and performance enhancements is well documented with hundreds of studies demonstrating their effectiveness. Now this is cool. The Amino Company's Perform was created by lead scientist and co-founder, Dr. Robert Wolf. He's completed 62 marathons in under two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, you heard that right. So you can even use Perform during your long runs and workouts to increase focus and performance during the run itself. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I highly recommend you give Perform a try. And right now you can get 30% off by using the code SANDYBOY when you visit aminoco.com slash SANDYBOY. Plus, get a free gift with every purchase. That's aminoco.com slash SANDYBOY. Use the code SANDYBOY for 30% off your order. All right, back to the show. How do you manage like, okay, dad did X, Y, and Z. Her talent is is shaking out to be up to where your talent is. And like, how do you manage saying like, it doesn't matter what I did. This is your story. And those there's no expectations here. I imagine that's difficult because it's like when there's a famous actor or like, you know, right. there's like, and they come from a long line in their family it's hard probably for the kids to not compare themselves to their parents. Yeah. I, I think that's why soccer and Marcus is great because, mm. you know, he has no, like I said, I, you know, he's already a better soccer player than me, which isn't hard. Right. So, <laughs> but by a side note, I do think that I've told him this, like if he ever decided to stop playing soccer, I actually think he'd be a really, really good 800 meter runner. Oh, but, really? You know, yeah, but uh, has he ever but done he a timed eight hundred? He hasn't. The joke in our family is that he and Sophia want to race each other at over eight hundred meters. And um, who do you think would win? I don't know. I, I the only I would say I kind of want to say Sophia only because he just doesn't know what how that to like feels like how yet. to pace that. Yeah, like right. Yeah. Like if he had run five or six eight hundreds, then maybe he would win. But right out of the gate with no experience, she might win just because she knows what that looks like. But anyway, that's uh, maybe one day we'll do that here soon. So, so back to your original, back to your question. Um, 
like even going to East Bay this this December, which by the way was interesting because it's exactly the same as when I ran thirty wow. years ago. Wow. Same same people, same hotel, same course, same everything, and uh, and the the meet management, you know, they're they're reconnecting, seeing each other again, and and they would say something like, "Well, do you care if we, you know, enter?" I'm like, "You can." You can do whatever you want, but I just want to make clear this is about Sophia. Mm. This is not about me at all. Mm -hmm. And so then nothing happens and that's great, right? And so just kind of being cognizant when I'm talking, because inevitably this is happening and will happen, whether it be media, races, coaches, um, because I know so many of the college coaches that this is about her and her journey. So college recruiting is another example. It's her journey. her mom and I are just asking her questions, but she ultimately will decide where she's going with no kind of like, you need to go here. You need to look there. Like if she wants to go to, uh, you know, I don't know, pick a school, that's her choice uh, and her choice alone. So, and we've told coaches that from day one. So I've had coaches reach out to me. Hey, can do you mind if I talk to Sophia? Like, yeah, of course I don't mind. It's by the way, only talk to Sophia. Right. <laughs> You know, from here on out, you don't, don't, you don't need to talk to me. So that's the way it's been working. Oh, that's really cool. Um, do you have, I mean, no opinions here, but like, wouldn't it be cool if she ran for IU? <laughs> <laughs> it would, it would be cool. I don't think that'll be on her list, uh, but she's talking to them. She's talking to a lot, but she is, Sophia is a, um, like she could run my life right now. Ultimately, like she's that put together. Uh, for the most part. So she, she kind of has an idea of what she wants to do. Um, what are some things in coaches that, you know, if you could go back to yourself when you were 18 or even 25, who was coaching you when you were like 25, 26? Um, Kim McDonald was coaching me. Okay. Agent slash coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What are qualities that you think you benefited from? Think, you wish you would have had things that you hope that Sophia has in a coach when she kind of goes to this next level. Yeah. I, and I think it, I mean, I watch soccer too, and I think it's the same there. I think the best coach athlete relationship is a full trust partnership. So when you're younger, you lean more on what the coach says because they're the ones with the experience and you're learning. But especially as you move through, you know, you have to have the trust uh, and ability to ask questions. Why, why are we doing this workout on this day? How does that fit into the overall goal? How should that feel? I didn't feel great the last two, like some athletes are afraid to tell their coach they didn't feel good. Mm. Right. But this full-on vulnerability, trust, uh, that's the best coaching relationship. And so coaches, a good coach, has to, you know, have uh, not have an ego that uh, interrupts that. Um, and some coaches do. They, they, it's my way or the highway or just, you know, run harder, run faster, try harder. Like, that's, if you're coaching high-level athletes, they're already trying hard. That's not the problem. You know, it's, it's this, um, um, reading. And so what I like when I'm looking at coaches today in college, when Sophia's going through this process is coaches that are, uh, number one, aware, um, 
that different team, different kids on the team at different times need different things and, uh, and are accommodate that in some way. Um, or there are some programs where everyone does the same thing every day. And um, sometimes that can have success, but also can sometimes leave people behind that probably shouldn't be left behind. Um, so I had those kind of relationships with my coaches where I could um, be honest, uh, ask questions, um, um, have real dialogue. And then as a result, I was learning and educating myself on training because a good coach will say, I, I can tell you the process and what to do and how to do it, but I don't know how you're feeling in the moment, in the middle of a workout where we intended X and Y is happening. And so great athletes have to understand when they're not, they're not doing what they should be. Sorry. They're not accomplishing what they should be accomplishing. And then, be able to communicate that in the middle of the workout to mm-hmm. the coach, right? That is next level stuff that um, most high schoolers don't have. Most college athletes don't necessarily have, but you're, you need to learn that along the way. So that was a super long answer to the question, but um, that's what I like in coaching situations is a coach that connects, has trust, honesty, is willing to engage in dialogue with the athlete. Uh, willing to teach instead of just tell. Uh, and then specifically for female athletes, um, has an emotional IQ um, to read and to listen and to um, react. I, I like uh, programs that have uh, female coaches on staff, whether a head coach or assistant coach. I just think that's important for young, young female athletes um, to grow. Uh, from 18 to 22 or whatever that age group is when you're in college, right? Just uh, an environment where they're safe and feel, feel safe. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel like as a female, talk about learning how to advocate for yourself. I think if I picture myself at 18 or 19 and, you know, it's not to say there aren't really great male coaches. There are, but I think I'd be a little bit more intimidated to advocate for myself in all those areas you're talking about to a 45 year old dude compared to a woman who might have kind of like motherly vibes to me. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And a a great male coach that's coaching female athletes will recognize that I need, I need Mm. options for communication in the program. Right. So that's an assistant coach. That's a athletic trainer. That's a whatever, you know, pick your, but it's but if if I don't have a system in place where my female athletes have some avenue that they feel comfortable with, then I'm I'm doing uh, my team a disservice. That's my opinion. I actually have no idea. I'd be curious to talk to um, like uh, university administrations about that. Like, do they do they are they cognizant about that? Do they think about that, or is that just by chance? Totally. Um, you know, one of the coaches I interviewed, Lori Hennis, she's the NC state coach. Um, and they won the national title last year. One of the things that really stood out to me that she really talked about was this happened because our team has fun together. They like being together. They like training together when we're not at practice, they want to be together. And you, that synergy is what made this happen. 
I, I, absolutely. And, and Lori is a great coach. And actually, Lori and I are the same age. We were winning state high school championships at the same time in Ohio. Oh, she was. she's from Ohio. Yeah, she grew up. She went to high school in Ohio. Oh, that's cool. And um, and that's one of the schools Sophia will be visiting. And, and um, you know, she's done a great job at North Carolina State. And, and, and I, you can tell that their team is exactly what you just described. And I think those are things that Sophia and other recruits, I can't speak for other recruits. I think Sophia's looking for is a coach that obviously knows what they're doing, that's having success, but is creating an environment where the kids are having fun and bonding and having a team experience. You know, if Sophia goes to NC State, you know, we live in Raleigh now, so just she can come oh, you over. Do. Yeah, she oh, can. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, she can come over for Sunday dinner. Like, uh, you know, when you go away to college and you're far away from mom and dad, it's nice to have a, you know, someone in the city that's like a little bit older that if you really needed someone, you could go to. Uh, so totally. My sir, my my door is open to Sophia okay. if she lands there. I'll, I'll let her know. That's great. Um. So I guess, what do you think? is most important longevity wise with our young athletes and maybe people listening like their kids aren't gonna run you know at a big 10 school or whatever but we want them to have a lifelong love for movement and activity yeah and i think i think that's a great question i think historically what happens with high school runners college runners is they um they love it while they're competing. When they graduate from college, get their first job, they go away from it, right? And and you know, they're they're making some money now. They're, you know, maybe they're gonna start a family soon. Um, but then in their thirties they come right back to it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, not everybody. And so we talk about that in the store as far as products. And so the kind of traditional running products like uh, 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 Brooks and Saucony and some of the other kind of quote unquote traditional running brands. Like when you get in, when when you're, when you're running in high school now, you see a lot of Brooks shoes on high school uh, runners at cross country meets, track meets, but I'm, they're not buying them in their twenties. They're back to buying Nike and Adidas to, to work out and go to the gym. But then when they hit their thirties, they're, they're coming back in and buying those, traditional running brands and the brands will tell you that like they know like brooks knows for example that 20 somethings is not their that's not who's buying their shoes mostly um but they are on high school feet so anyway that's um, interesting yeah so the question is do you try to change that or is that just that's cool the way it is and you just roll with it but um you know longevity movement for life I think, and I think it goes back to talking about my kids and they're um, doing what they're doing because it's coming from their heart. Mm-hmm. And so if you can create a situation in high school where the ability to run and work is um, energizing and not a chore, um, then you'll create this passion for movement going forward. And so how do you do that? Man, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I know there are some coaches that really think I want to have fun and it should be fun, but, but fun doesn't necessarily mean you don't have work hard. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes those get mixed. And so when you're, when you're saying we're going to have fun and that translate into easier 
efforts or practices because you don't want to scare kids away. Well, then they're they're not learning. Um, they're not learning that that work can also be fun because the challenge and the result is fun. And I was talking to Sophia's track coach the other day, just generally, and and I'm not saying he's like this, but. Um, he was talking about having fun and I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I had a blast when I used to go to practice and just had friends, but I said, Sophia's interesting because when it's a day where there's a very hard workout, she loves that. That's fun for her. I don't think that's normal. Cause I think a lot of kids are like, Oh no, it's a really hard workout today. And like they're nervous. But she, yeah. But she's like giddy about it which is maybe a little weird, but that's, that's also one of the reasons awesome. she's good. Yeah. And so there's different, like fun doesn't have to be, you know, games and parties and my, but it, it can, it can be, it can be, Hey, we work hard and we, and, and then we, we just have fun doing it. Right. We're joking around or whatever. Um, as opposed to yelling at kids, like run faster or, you know, you didn't hit your time or, you know, those kind of things, you know? Yeah. You know, so, believe it or not now Marshall is nine which is oh wow crazy because you know when well when yes. you and I first started working together when I worked for athletic annex he was two that's was a crazy pregnant that's crazy. With Lewis. I know yeah. I was gonna say your kids were probably closer to his age now yeah yeah goes fast um yeah I know I mourn it every day <laughs> um yeah but like I'm kind of so he's playing soccer and yeah he's pretty athletic. Like if you look at him, like he's a pretty athletic kid, but we haven't done a lot of sports. We were kind of like minimal with our stuff, but I'm kind of to the point where, okay, you're nine. This is, you love this. Um, you know, you need to do other sports still too, but yeah, there's that fine line of like, we're still just having a lot of fun, but now it's time to instill also like hard work is an important part of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, those ages are tricky. Um, so I think of that, this is my opinion and I, I'm not an expert in this, but at those ages, I thought the biggest thing was to instill commitment. And what I mean by that is you signed up for soccer, which means when you have practice, you go to practice. That's it. You know, I don't, I don't care how good you are or not good you are at practice, but you go to practice. Like mm-hmm. you committed to this, right? It's not, I don't feel like it. I'm dying. You go to practice. Okay. If you're sick, it's, yeah, obviously we're not going to be dumb about it, but so that, that translated into, and I, I saw other kids and other parents and being critical, it's just different than the way I would do it. Who would just allow their kids to do whatever they want. But I, I was a big, like, again, I'll just repeat myself. Like, and we would have conversations about this. So this is soccer. It's two days a week. It's games on Saturday. Like, if you sign up for this, you're going to go to all of it. Okay. And that's what we committed to. And so that just, to me, creates a, a pattern, a, a, a habit of, of commitment and showing up. And then if you still like it when you're 11, 12, 13, and you're good at it, and you want to want to see how good you can be, then we can kind of go to the next level, whether that look looking for, you know, a better quality club, uh, to go and train and play with, or uh, sometimes even private uh, uh, lessons or uh, workouts. We did a little bit of that. 
Um, but I don't, I wouldn't do that personally at nine. I, okay. I love that answer. I was curious. I was going to ask you when you kind of let them specialize a little bit more and go all in with the one. Yeah. That's hard. It is. And I think, unfortunately, if you're, if you're pretty good at a sport, uh, young, you're forced to choose earlier than we probably should be choosing. Yeah. Like every expert says the multi-sport is better. And yet we're forced to choose the way the club systems work and the schedules and et cetera. Um, and so Sophia was easier because she played soccer for a while and she was hilarious and she, I'm not saying anything. She wouldn't laugh about herself. She loved the uniforms more than <laughs> she loved playing game. I love a soccer and, uniform too. I get it. Yeah. And I used to call her my little electron because she would, uh, she would just be spinning around the ball, but never get in the middle of the ball <laughs> the whole time. And um, so it was easy for her when she's like, yeah, nah, I'm done with that and um, move on. Marcus, similarly, like he wanted to play basketball and baseball, but then you get you get good enough path with soccer and you get into that academy, it really don't there's no time for anything else. Right. And so you're forced, but but then if you get out of that funnel, um then um it, you can't get back in. Yeah, that's tough too. I know because you know, we gotta get we got to sign up for some more sports. Just it's pure laziness out of me that we don't do more. I, I, I've been very committed. <laughs> well, you have enough kids where you got to think that's a whole matrix. Right? So, yeah. Well, cause, and I've always said like, I am not taxing everybody around for the sake of doing things, you know, right. like right. my four-year-old does not need to try baseball, you know, T-ball, all the things. Right. Cause guess what? We can do that in the front yard. Sure. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. But yeah. that being said, it's like, I don't know, maybe basketball won't be a big part of my kid's life, but like, I'm from freaking Indiana. I want you to know how to play basketball, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a big part of it too, is at least have the experience so you can talk about it or, or understand a little bit about a conversation in an office or a school right. or workplace. And those are important parts of our culture, I think, whether it's basketball or baseball or or, you know, playing an instrument in, in grade school, things like that, I think are super, super important. And now you get like my kids both drive, they're spoiled, they have their own cars. And now the opposite of that is I'm like, hey, dinner Friday night at six. Come and home. Come home. And then you can go out with your friends after that. Uh, but if I don't do that, I mean, I'll never see them. Man. Yeah. Not to, not to scare you, but, and then I hurt their, Melina, their mom and I talked recently just about how fat, like they're going to be in college in a year and a half. Done. I just, I know. Not that they're done out of your lives, but very different. Well, you're doing it at the same time too. You know, like you're becoming empty nester to get like, instead of one kid going and then another kid going two years later. So you're kind of like all at once. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So that's scary. Yeah, well, and just one more thought on the basketball thing or like tennis or whatever you want to say is it's like talk about instilling a love for movement with your kids. Well, they're going to enjoy doing it more if they know how to do it, right? So like if someone's doing playing a pickup game or, you know, whatever's happening, they're just going to be more apt to joining in if they know. So that's kind yeah, of my motivation right. there as well. Yeah, 
Hey, everybody. A quick break here to thank Lily Trotters for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are looking for a legit pair of compression socks, look no further than Lily Trotters. They have so many styles and are super comfortable. They are strong enough for a marathon, comfortable enough to wear for hours, and pretty enough to wear almost anywhere. They slip right into your shoes. And actually, right now, my go-to Lily Trotters are the crew socks. I just, I'm a big crew sock fan. I don't know if that's still in style, but that's what I do. They're super cute and comfortable. And then I also want to just tell you, uh, they have a new style that is like kind of a silky material that I'm really loving. I have the silky solid periwinkle. Man, this material is so comfortable. Um, They also have styles for men. They have calf sleeves. And this is a woman-owned business that has been supporting this podcast for six years now. So if you're going to support a company and buy some compression socks, support Lily Trotters. They're doing great work and they have been a big supporter of this podcast. So I cannot thank them enough. So go to lilytrotters.com and use the code IHA for 20% off your order. That's lilytrotters.com. Use the code IHA for 20% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. Uh, What are you like at meets and soccer games? And is it different for the meets and the soccer games? That's a wow. You're going to expose me now. Um, Do you have to stand far back to control yourself? Yes. Um, So... Soccer is easy for me, um, and I appreciate this with his club for years. I mean, they really communicate with parents about, you know, we're coaching, especially at the academy level. Like, we're coaching the team. Like, don't don't coach them from the sideline. Well, yeah, all, don't, don't say, don't, like, don't go get the I'm, ball or whatever. Yeah. yeah, especially when you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Because you know? maybe they're not supposed to go get the ball, right? It's, it's – um, Parents now Uh, need to know that too, by the way, like parents of nine-year-olds should know that as well. That's true. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, the, the parent to parent confrontation, which is always ugly. And so I tend to stand at soccer games, um, by myself. Okay. But I like to watch, I really watch the game. Like I'm, I'm a very curious person. And so I, I'm trying to learn, like I listen to Marcus talk about their formations and their attacking uh, mindset and where they, and so I'm watching. And so even when my dad is chatting to me on the sideline about IU basketball, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I want to watch the game, you know? So I tend to, and my parents specifically already know this. So we'll chat and and then when the game starts, I'm like, all right, I'll see you at halftime. And I walk down the field by myself. <laughs> and they're like, oh, there goes our crazy son. Um, track and cross country, um, I also tend to do similar where I'll um, um, interact with parents and, and uh, friends. Uh, but then I tend to go on my own. But I also, and this is not, and people just don't know what they don't know. Like oftentimes uh, inexperienced um parents at cross country meet stand at the finish line and there's not you don't there's nothing to see at the finish line Uh right and so I tend to be in places where I know um you know it's probably important that uh, important's not the right word that that I know those are dead spaces Mm -hmm. quite often I've finally realized that 
me being where I think I should be and yelling a specific thing is irrelevant to how Sophia races um, because she's beyond that now. Uh So now I can enjoy it a little bit more. I'm curious though, like if she's coming by and looking like she's putting the hurt on, what's like the one thing you you're known to say? So I, I'm actually, that's a great question because I believe in um, action items, actionable items. So when you yell at a runner, um, um, pick it up or catch them or, um, you know, uh, so at, or like towards the end, uh, kick now. Like those are things that they obviously know they should, like it's not <laughs> rocket science, right? So there are, but you have to, coaches need, need to have this laid out with their athletes in advance too. But like a lot of times it's form. So it might be stay up, stay tall. Um, um, it might be head up. I think when you see athletes kind of in a tough spot, their eyes tend to drift down to their feet. And so eyes up, eyes forward, you know, just things that make small changes in your mentality and distance running is, is hard enough as it is, but there are always moments where you drift and you try to minimize those. And so being able to self-evaluate and catch yourself is huge. But if it's, if it's a coach or a parent being able to say, you know, eyes up, stay tall, you know, those are, those are help can be helpful if the athlete knows what they need. Ultimately. Ooh, I love that. Eyes up. I don't have that in my like catalog. And yeah, I always try to think of some words to calm myself down if I'm trying to run a marathon fast. And I usually think of words like fluid, you know, mm-hmm. like just like, you know, strong, capable, Yeah. but eyes up. It's kind of like, you know, you shake out your arms, like loosen up and then eyes up. I love that. Yeah. But if you think about um, when your eyes go down, your head goes down, Mm -hmm. your shoulders slump, your posture goes over, um, which means your hips rotate, like it's a whole chain. So now you're shortening your stride, et cetera, et cetera. So you're not fluid using your term, which is great. And so what's the one thing that possibly can change that, uh, that chain? And it's, it starts with your head. And so, so looking forward, so eyes up and looking forward down the road, down the course, down the track is the first part of that chain working most efficiently. Wow. Okay, friends, add that to your catalog. <laughs> um, I, I just, you know, I love talking about kids and athletics and I've been meaning to do this with you, like reaching out to you for a long time about this because you just have such a fascinating perspective on it. So this is just, this conversation has been, has given me life. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Well, it's been, and it's, I've learned a lot about myself uh, through my kids. It's, it, there are things that I haven't thought about or I've had to think more deeply about because now it's not about me, it's about them. So how can I help them without doing it for them. So it's been, it's been a fascinating time for me as well. Gosh, isn't that like, you learn that as a parent so early too. It's like, oh, if I just tie their shoes for them, if I just do this for them, it's faster, better, you know, all the things. But like, like you said, you know, when you were talking about wanting to get to the next level, asking them questions, what do you, not what do I need to do? What do you need to do? Yeah, absolutely. It's everything. I mean, just said to Marcus uh, yesterday, because I looked in this room and there's clothes like all over the floor. I said, I'm not sure if you know 
which ones are clean and dirty, but um, you might want to think about doing laundry soon. I'm not, I'm not doing it for him. He knows how to do it. Right. And so, you know, the next day he gathers his stuff up, puts it in the washing machine, but you know, one day he's going to go to college and he'll, it won't be a shock to him. Now he might wake up one day with no clean clothes, but he'll be like, oh shoot, I screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> he'll go from there. Okay. I have a co-parenting question on that. Okay. Um, which by the way, I just like, admire Christy Beth so much with her co-parenting and just how she talks about that relationship because what her kids are seeing and I'm sure your kids as well it's just it's beautiful it really is if you guys aren't following Christy Beth on social media follow Christy Beth that's that's Bob's wife yeah she's great yeah I mean Melina Marcus Sophia's mom Melina um we we are great friends Uh, I love that we talk every day. Um, a lot of it is about the kids, but not all of it. And um, we're on the same page. And so things like you talk about, or I just mentioned the um, laundry in the room, like I'll talk to her about that and okay. see what's going on at her house. And she's like, yeah, same thing's going on. And I did his laundry yesterday, but I shouldn't have. And so, or whatever, you know, make whatever the line is. But, but those are things trying not to have a completely different experience from house to house. There will be differences and that's fine, but trying to have at least a similar message. In fact, um, Melina was telling me the other day about she had her family in town over President's Day weekend and cousins and um, they were doing some TikTok with an older cousin and and they were talking about, because a few of them are from um, um, divorced parents are, and, live, and living in that situation. And one of the younger cousins was like, yeah, I can, it's actually kind of good sometimes because I, if I, my mom says, no, I can ask my dad. And, and then apparently Marcus and Sophia got on. They're like, yeah, that don't, doesn't work because my parents get along too well. <laughs> <laughs> so you, know, you can't pull the wool over our eyes, but no, I think it's, it's, um, that can be very difficult. I know, I know divorce is emotional. It's, it, I don't recommend it. Uh, if you don't, if you don't have to go through it, but if you are going through that, or if you do go through that, I really encourage, uh, you to put your kids first and try to, it takes a lot of humble pie to kind of put, um, put your own emotions aside and, and remember the good things about your co-parent, your, your ex and, and, uh, and then be parents together because your kids are the only ones that suffer ultimately. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can't imagine how difficult that be, would be because even even when you're married and you live under the same roof, you have disagreements over like when they should be able to do this, when they should be able to do that. Sure. And so to do that, not in the same home and you want to come you want to come to agreements, I'm sure, on like when they can get on social media, like the right. big ticket items, right, that are like yes. could be life changing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we we and we do we do holidays together. Melinda and I are on the recruiting trips together and um, it's, it's important, but yeah, you have to be on the same page with all that stuff. And to pass, you know, kids, kids, it's not the kids fault. They, they're in a different house, you know, this week or next week or this weekend or that next weekend, their emotional uh, uh, state of mind doesn't change. Like they carry it. And so whether it's about school or athletics or social kid, friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it is, 
So we, it's up to Melina and I, in our case, or the co-parents to transfer that information. You know, it's not their response. It's not the kid's responsibility to uh, catch mom up on the issues dad and I talk. It's like when it's, and they leave my house and go to Melina's, I call her and I'd be like, hey, you know, Marcus uh, was talking about this and he's kind of struggling here and this is what we talked about. So if you want to catch up with him, you know, and that is huge. It's huge. That's huge. Um, we don't even have time to get into it, but man, you're dealing with boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, Bob. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Pete, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not too, it's not too bad right now. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do a couple fun, just like nerdy runner stuff before we yeah. wrap up here. What is the most exciting or surprising fun thing in running, whether it be an athlete performance or business or whatever that you've seen in the last year? Oh, that's a good question. I, th- I think actually just having this conversation with someone, um, with Gareth this morning after Grant Fisher's American record oh, yeah. um, over the weekend at 10,000 meters. And, and I always laugh when I say back in my day, back <laughs> in my day, you know, we, and I don't know if it's the pandemic that caused this or, uh, or if it's just an evolution, but times like that performances, like were never run except in, big meets like Zurich or Stockholm or Brussels in Europe. And, and now it seems like guys are, and, and, and women are showing up at, I'll call them practice meets because the pandemic, like, let's just put a meet together. And they're running like American records, right. Or world leading times. And, and, and they're doing it uh, um, during the pandemic in front of no, no fans. So it's, it's not like 30,000 or 40,000 people screaming, which has its own, energy they're just doing it and i'm i'm like so impressed with that um that 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 they can i would just say be so methodical about it and just uh, i'm just gonna go get this job done i don't need the pomp and circumstance i don't need the forty thousand people i just need a track and so to me over the last year plus i thought running would take a step backwards at the highest level because there weren't those competitions it didn't it didn't it went forward. And I think that is a testament to these athletes, perseverance and resiliency. And, and I, I don't know, I, I've just been very impressed with that. I think I would have failed at that. <laughs> um, how, like how close do you follow? Like, are you watching New York city marathon, things like that? I would say I don't follow it as close as most people probably assume I follow it, but I will see, like I saw Grant Fisher's result on, instagram on monday okay so you weren't like over the weekend live streaming the race (laughs) no 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 not that i wouldn't but i just don't but okay curious about this so we mentioned christy beth that's bob's new wife she is a big runner too she owns several fleet feats in nashville she's badass business owner so cool um and she's super ingrained in the running culture too is that like a topic of conversation for you guys or if some someone does something really cool like um you know when kira damato broke the american record in the marathon is she texting you or is she texting her girlfriends what does that look like it's probably more her girlfriends yeah um 
it's not that we don't talk about it or we're not um, in, uh, interested in it, but I think I think that's more me in the sense that when I retired, I really went away from it, and I'm only paying more attention to it now because of Sophia than I probably would otherwise. And again, it's not because I'm 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 not interested. Um, it's I don't know. It's just not something. It's not something top of mind for me. That doesn't make sense. I'm not. I'm not explaining myself. Uh, very I get well what you're saying. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves with you. Like how much more, especially if not to like talk out of turn here, but like especially if Sophia goes pro eventually. Like it'll right. be interesting to see how closely you really start following things. Yeah. Well, I imagine if that happens, I'll follow it very intricately at that point. But. Um, you know, it's it's changed, and that that world is. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier. It, it for me anyway. I can't speak for other athletes. It it's it was such an emotional, um, not in the sense of an emotional roller coaster daily, but you you're I was all in singularly, and it has an emotional cost. Um, it has it has other costs socially and. Um, you know, but it, it, in my opinion, it was required to perform at that level because distractions, even though they might be marginal, they become large uh, if you allow them. And so it's just an interesting world. And that's, there's sometimes that and Melina knows that world just through being married to me um, during that time. And we've had some great discussions post-divorce about that, like, what would we have done differently, you know, in that world as a couple versus what it was? And what does that mean for Sophia if she gets to that level? Like, how can we help her set set herself up for success if she gets to that level, but in a better, like, emotional way than, than maybe, you know, I went through it? Yeah, you know, and I think that social media plays a big role in this now too, right? Like a lot of brands... I mean, unless you're breaking world records, right? Whatever. Like if you're doing, if you're doing those kinds of things, they're like, okay, your results speak for themselves. But a lot of brands want you to play a role there. And that can be exhausting because you've got people coming in on your inbox, distracting you. Yeah. Yeah. I would have failed miserably. I mean, if you totally would have, if you've looked at my, so my Instagram, you see, I haven't posted for, I don't know how long now, but you haven't posted for two years. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, by a little by design mainly because i don't um i don't know i'm not it's not that i'm private i i am private but i feel like what i have to say is boring quite often no um, and i'm not a shout from the rooftop type of person i've had great discussions about i'm not a, i shouldn't say that i'm not a good self-promoter and it's not always about self-promotion i totally understand that but it's really hard for me to wrap my head around so i have this like parallel thought process on social media that I can't get out of my own way on, um, which is probably a whole nother podcast that it should involve like a, a psychologist or something to help <laughs> me out. But, um, but it's interesting. And I envy, I like envy, I envy what you're doing. I envy, I look at other people who have, have done some great things. I'm like, but it could be like, it could be, it could be a great way to like, to I call it help people. I, maybe it does help people, but just 
disseminate information that people might find interesting or valuable, but I just can't get myself to do it. What listeners don't know is that like four years ago, we tried to launch a podcast with Bob. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was in over my head and we recorded like four episodes. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, I don't don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. Now I could do it. So if you, if you and Christy Beth want to join my network, come on in. But I, um, I just, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, well, let's just do it. And yeah, but like, I think. And I think a platform like this for you would be good because it's different than like trying to post on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, seeds out there. No, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think I think Christy Beth would have to agree to like manage it and just tell me where to be and what to say. Not yeah, what to say, and she's but... got the best personality for it. Okay, sure. Um, last couple questions. This is I'm throwing yeah. this at you randomly, but I feel like it would be a fun to hear you answer. You okay. have to pick four people to run on a 5,000 meter team. You each run 5,000 meters and, and it can be people from any era, your era now. And Ooh. who's going to be, it's like a four by 5,000 meter relay. Who are going to be your best bets for that team? Wow. There's so many ways to think about that. Like, cause you, you to translate from an era to, I always say you can't compare eras. Totally. Cause the shoes and eras. Not, Yeah. yeah tracks and training but if i was just gonna go on grit and toughness um and i don't know the the athletes of today as well only from what i watch but i definitely think prefontaine would have to be on that team um i think um and i think i don't even think i would make that team um, I feel like you have to put yourself on the team, though. Okay. And I, I picked 5,000 because, like, that's – Captain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I would pick uh, – these are just guys from my era, but um, like a, like a highly Gerber Selassie, always on, tough as nails to go with his talent, and, um, and then um, a Daniel Coleman, okay. who was probably the most talented – distance runner that I've ever seen and or worked or trained with um his 720 over 3,000 meters is is I mean still hasn't been touched after all these years and uh um he 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 was a guy who I wouldn't say he didn't know what he's doing but he just ran with pure like unabated just go just like I, it's, there's no such thing as too fast, mm. right? We all, we all like got to go out the right pace and I got to make sure I hit the split. He's like, whatever, I'm just going to go <laughs> fast. You know? And uh, um, I love that. So I think those, those, boy, there's so many others. I mean, I mean, you got to look at a Grant Fisher and uh, there's just guys from, from after my career that are super talented, super tough, um, uh, gritty, but if you're going to make me pick four, I'm going to go with people I know, except for Pre. I didn't know Pre. Did you overlap with Dathan Ritzenhain at all? A little bit. Um, yeah, he's younger than I am. Uh, and I'm trying to think how much younger. A little bit professionally, but not much. Yeah. He's just like, his team is killing it. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a great job. It's fun to watch that. Um, all right, Bob, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Best, most recent book. Um, 
Oh man. Um, I'm trying to think of, um, I don't know if it's recent. I haven't finished it, but I was reading, um, oh my gosh. And you're now you're exposing my weaknesses of names and like, I, I'm terrible at movie titles and things like that, but, um, it's talking to strangers. Everything that he does, whether it be revisionist history or talking to strangers or other other works, he, he just has a great way, of my opinion, of thinking about things from from so many different perspectives and really diving deep. And I just love that because I I could challenge myself uh, quite often daily at work or with my kids of instead of diving right into my first instinct to really thinking through well, what other, what else could be happening here or why, or those types of things. And so reading his, his, his material, listening to his podcasts, I love, I have, and I, I'm a, this is an old book that I am rereading right now. It's called conscious capitalism and it's written by the CEO. Well, the former CEO and the um, creator of whole foods Okay. And like I said, this book is probably, it's pretty old, but conscious capitalism, it, it just talks about how the, the traditional view on business and capitalism is, you know, we've uh, uh, firebomb things for profit and, and that how that's not necessary, that really uh, you can create a situation in business where everybody wins, you know, shareholders, employees, uh, uh, customers, uh, vendor partners, community. And um, I've read it once and I'm rereading it now because I just love that. And I love that when I think about athletic annex, about how we operate and how we, how we recruit and how we compensate and how we uh, provide uh, the opportunities we can for staff and how we treat our customers and how we provide value for our customers and our vendor partners and what we're doing in our community. And, and I do believe that, that there are, there are trade-offs, but there don't have to be big trade-offs. You can all those people can win. All those entities can win. So that's that's a book that I really like. I love that. I think every business owner should read that book. Yeah. So do I. So do I. Get narrow. So, but that's part of growing. Like we try to open another location because we want to give opportunity to people. Yeah. Like you're you're you know. providing more jobs. Yeah. Yeah. We have good people that you know we need to provide a, a different role than they're in now, and we can't do that with two stores. We need three stores to do it. Oh, that's so good. Um, what's the best, most recent concert you've been to? I mean, pandemic aside, yeah. but I know you guys like music. Yeah, we went to, um, so I really like camp. Um, we, I saw them in Nashville in um, the basement East, which is a really cool venue. It's kind of like the Bluebird in Bloomington. Okay. Um, that type of place. And um, we also saw the Avid Brothers recently at, um, not at Bonnaroo, but at the farm in Bonnaroo. Um, that would be the two most recent concerts we've been to. Did you ever see a concert at Bluebird? Like, you know, when you see the concert and it's before the pers- people blew up, like, I, th- I think I went yeah. to Mumford and Sons there before they were big. I was there too, Mumford and Sons. Is that the one you went to that? Ten dollar general admission ticket right before they did the Grammys. I think that year. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other bands I saw there, and then like Dir- I Dirk's Bentley, which that's different, mm-hmm. that's country, but I don't think he would play there again. No, probably not. I, yeah, I can't think of others I went to. 
like back in my in, in back in back my day, in my day. day. <laughs> there was uh, um, um, REM came through and you know, when they were doing the college tour scene before they got big, that was fun, that kind of stuff. So fun. Um, all right, Bob. Well, what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Well, first, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk and, and listen. And um, I guess, my, I don't know, I have a, I love what I do every day. And running has been a passion of mine since I was 14. And I've gone through so many iterations of that myself from, you know, world-class professional athlete to uh, what I would say non-runner for a couple of years when I retired and now to a run walker. We didn't talk about that, but uh, I had meniscus surgery a couple of years ago. And even though my meniscus is totally fine now, I still run walk um, um, because it's, you know, it's like Pavlovian tablet like i get to walk here soon and uh I how can't far stop do you doing what's your it. interval like what do you normally do well i mess it i miss i mess around with it it's right now it's kind of like a six minute one minute six minute round one minute walk okay um um so that's that's fun but anyway all that to say is uh, it is a journey I, I i was fortunate enough when i was 16 to listen to billy mills speak and he said a lot of things but one of the things the only thing i remember he said it's all about the journey. It's not about the medals or the, the records or the, the victories. It's about the journey. And, and I've been doing it a long time and it hundred percent is about the journey. And so the ability to look back on your life, uh, your running life and be proud of the ups and the downs and how you move through is the most rewarding uh, part of the whole journey. And that's kind of, when we talk about kids, that's what I'm hoping my kids get out of their athletic career, uh, but it could be anything, right? And so that's the that's the journey for them, we hope, as parents, ultimately. Bob, thank you so much. Thank you. It's good to see you again and talk to you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Bob, for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. It is always a joy to talk to you. You all can head over to the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com to check out everything Bob and I talked about. We always break down the conversation over there. So if you're looking for a certain point in the conversation, we break that down. You can find that spot. We also give links to all of the books we discussed, the sponsor links and codes over there, sandyboyproductions.com. And you can just click on the I'll have another tab for the most recent episode. If you sign up for our newsletter when you're over there on the website, those show notes will get emailed to you directly every week. I don't spam you. I don't send many emails, but I, I do send the show notes out once a week. So that's sandyboyproductions.com. If you are in the Indianapolis area or if you are ever going to visit Indianapolis, make sure you stop by and check out Athletic Annex, my favorite run specialty store run by some really awesome humans over there, including Bob himself. Thank you all so much for being here today. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.